0: good evening everybody thank you for uh, rejoining us and uh, kicking in with the grid as I always say uh, Gridiron uncensored here uh, so obviously this weekend was week zero we got some we had some good games they uh, said there was a lot of big spreads but we had some covering we had we had some close ones you know almost had an upset or two um, it, it was just a, it was a good weekend solid weekend of football kind of an appetizer for week one coming up uh where we got some good matchups and uh we're going to get into that later this week. But right now let's let's go ahead and, and get into some news that's happened. Uh first things first, Arizona State, kind of a unique situation. They they just self-imposed a one-year bowl ban. I mean, nobody's saying they're going to make a bowl this year, but just they could. You know, they they easily could. They've got a new coach. The person that did the recruiting violations, Herm Edwards, he's gone. So now I feel bad for her the kids that are there, the seniors, you know, they're fighting, they're they're working their asses off all summer, all spring to play, to try and make a bowl game. And now they're, you know, the, the administration self-imposes a, a bowl ban because of stuff that somebody else did. It has no effect on the program anymore. Uh, that kind of stuff is frustrating to me. Another hit on the NCAA to me, like what Trevor and I spoke about last week. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think it should happen. I think NCAA should come back and, you know, just say, hey, you know what? It's it's good. We'll we'll take care of something else.
1: Yeah, I man, I will tell you what. Uh, once again, uh, I mean, not to double down on the NCA thing, but this is. Um, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't agree with the self-imposing. I, I mean, I don't think there was any report of what the NCA was actually going to render a verdict on. Was there? Because I didn't see what the NCA actually said about what they were doing. They're just as far as i know they're just trying to avoid it altogether and just give them a give themselves a ban to maybe avoid an entanglement with the NCAA from what i understand about it so i guess i understand it from that their point of view you know big picture wise they're in the last year at the big pac 12 moving to the big 12 and i guess they want to knock this out this year so they can have a good good opening in in the big 12 season next year which makes sense, but like you said, Brandon, it's it's a sucky situation for the seniors. But the best thing, best thing, all you can do is play your absolute best football and just do what you can do. Know that if you do have a winning record, you would be going to a bowl, but unfortunately, that's just not going to be the case.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. Then uh, you know, it, obviously, the, the coach is going to have them ready. And uh, their coach came out today, and you know, he gave or maybe it was yesterday he gave a presser. And he's fired up, you know. He's 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 pissed off, rightfully so. But he said he's gonna have this team ready, and people are probably gonna overlook him. Oh, they're not gonna give it. They're all they're not gonna fight hard. But uh, I still say watch out for ASU, man. There, let, let them fight. Let these guys play and and show out. Next up, uh, talking about showing out, we got you know big game next uh, this weekend with Utah and Florida. The Florida's going up. They got Grammerds coming in. You know. Didn't play great at Wisconsin. He had some shining moments there, but he's in a new system. He might, I don't know if he's gonna he's gonna kill it there. But on the other side of it, Utah, they know they've got a proven starter at Cam Rising. The problem is nobody knows if he's still injured or not. I mean we we've been hearing all offseason that he's gonna be good to go. Maybe he's not. Uh, he's progressing well, he's not. Last couple of days, Kyle Whittingham saying he's still he's not going to let us know he's, he's doing the gamesmanship, you know, not going to tell anybody to me, it doesn't sound good. I I don't think he's going to start. I think it's something they rest him until PAC 12 play starts. I mean, I I just, I don't see the the point in risking his injury if he's not a hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think even if he did, I don't think they need him really for Florida. I don't think Florida is going to be that tough of a opponent for Utah anyways. Um I think Utah's just got the better team in general. But it, for the rest of the season if he's not healthy, that's a that's a detrimental loss for Utah. Yeah, absolutely is.
1: As far everything I've read and him not really saying one way or the other, I will say that Cam Rising is not playing. I can almost say that with 100% certainty. because if he was ready to play and they were confident in his his injury re- being fully recovered, they would have already said it. They would have already said it because they he'd be tired of talking about it at this point. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't think – but I'm with, I'm with Blake as far as them probably not needing him. Florida isn't as strong as they have been in the past. But Florida still has a lot of athletes. Just, they do have a lot of athletes that I think may give Utah a little bit of trouble if they don't have Cam Rising under center. But that's that's just kind of where I sit with it. I still think that Utah has got a really good chance of just coming, coming out and laying it to Florida. But it is in Utah, which does help them. It's a home game, which is very nice. Uh, the weather outlook on it is very nice as well. It's going to be in the mid-80s. So it should be a pretty comfortable day for just about everybody involved. So I, I'm excited for the game, to be honest with you. Uh, the line on it's pretty good too, but, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one. It's a good way to start
0: out the weekend on a Thursday night. Oh yeah, I, I'm pumped. I, I can't wait
2: to to see that one. Just how like Utah is out with Cam Rising just to hit on that. Florida, you know, they don't have any Richardson anymore either. So they're going to have a new face. Yeah. And defensively, I think Florida, they, they're they going to be improved from last season. But I still think Utah, even without Cam rising, I think they've got a better offensive attack that could cause problems for Florida. So I, I still see them taking it with or without Cam rising. Yeah, I agree with you. And,
0: and let's also not forget, I mean – Cam Rising did throw a pick at the end of the Florida game last year. I mean, obviously, we know Cam is good, but he made some mistakes. Uh, Utah should have won the game last year. I think they'll do it this year, but uh, we'll, we'll get into those next uh, next podcast. Um, ACC is the next one that's coming up. And they're, you know, it's still that conference realignment. A lot of, a lot of talk still going on. SMU's, you know, throwing themselves. They got booster money crazy booster money. They're, they're trying to buy their way into the conference. You know, they're, they're not taking any money from, from whoever signed, they signed a the deal with. So they want in, uh, the, you know, Cal California, Stanford, they're still trying to work it. You know, they're trying to, trying to make some sort of deal. ACC's that for a minute there, they were done. They're like, you know what? It, it doesn't seem right. And then they were back They're they're like, Okay. I, Cause ESPN's willing to shovel some money. It seems they, they don't want to get left out. Um, but then the big 12 came in and the big 12 has been talking, you know, they're like, you know, Hey, we, we could probably do all four of the PAC 12 members, you know, well, they, they might take all of them, but it's again, that money coming in from ESPN because they don't want to get left out of these markets. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting going forward. I think ACC was supposed to have a vote tonight, but there was, uh, you know, shooting out in North Carolina so they postponed the, the vote, uh, rightfully so, understandable. Uh, but I, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with with this. I, I think it could go Big 12. I, it makes sense to me, but ACC still – they're still looking. Uh, so, yeah, what, what do you guys got?
2: Geographically, the Big 12, I would much rather see the Pac-12 teams go into that conference. It just makes more sense for travel. But – Also, with the Big 12, they're losing their top heavy teams to the SEC. Mm -hmm. And I feel like having teams from the Pac 12 move into the Big 12 kind of puts that competition back into it that's going to be lacking with Texas Mm -hmm. and Oklahoma leaving. The ACC, I still feel like, has, you know, they got Miami, Pitt, Clemson, Florida State. North Carolina, those teams all still are very competitive. I mean, even Virginia Tech, Virginia. So it's it's still a competitive conference or can be a competitive conference. And when whereas the Big 12, without adding some bigger name schools to it, it just seems like it would be a little lackluster. So I would much rather the mm-hmm. Big 12 pan out for the Pac-12 schools. If it's going to dissolve, we'll just have to see what happens with that, you know. Like you said about the money, the ESPN, that's uh, they're shooting for the super conferences, and 'cause that's what's gonna bring them the most money, and mm-hmm. so we'll just have to see what happens.
1: I'm with you guys, and I would much rather ge like you said, Blake. Geographically, it just makes more sense for these three teams, 'cause. I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like that the West Coast teams and or the East Coast teams don't always travel well. These younger kids, I I don't want to say that's a rule, but I just feel like in generally speaking terms, when you have a team that's a Washington that's playing in the Rose Bowl, for example, but then you have a team, we'll say Michigan, for example, that's to fly all the way out to California. They usually have to equate about an extra four days of travel because they go out early enough so everybody can get used to the time change and stuff like that. So it makes more sense for for these teams to be in the Big 12. I personally would like to see SMU be like, I don't understand why SMU doesn't want to be in the Big 12. I guess is I'm confused on why they want to be in the AC, ACC as opposed to the Big 12 unless they feel like ACC is just more along their lines of competition than the big 12. And that's the only thought process that I can think of because like you, you alluded to Brendan, uh, they have the money. It doesn't really matter. It's about who they want to be playing. And another little quick point is I think the big 12 is creating a conference that's good across all sports, not just football. And that's what I think their main goal is, is to, cover all the big sports college football and basketball mostly in my opinion
0: yeah yeah that and i think with smu i think it's simply that i don't think the big 12 wants them i I think there's some bad blood there uh from from back in the day and everything else uh and the smu sees a chance to get into the acc uh you know power conference before there is maybe just four power conferences and you know they get into a point where they may not get in it, you know, ever again. So they they see an opportunity here. They've got boosters willing to shovel like uh, two hundred fifty million dollars. You know, they're they're going to pay the way. I mean, they they got the oil money out here. You know, you know what's going on out in Texas. They they got banks. So uh, we'll see what they do. But I, I think it's just their way of hey, we're we want in a power conference. If you get us there, we can recruit. I mean, they they could easily recruit Dallas just fine. They could recruit nationally if they wanted to uh they've got the booster money they could pay nil you know i think they have a chance uh to do some big stuff just like they did back in the day (laughs) back when they got busted before the death penalty so uh (laughs) but hey it's legal now baby let them have it you know i don't know so we'll we'll see what happens with uh, this realignment talk we'll keep covering it as we find more info on it but uh, it could come to a close at the end of this week you know temporarily or it could get prolonged again. Who knows? We've been talking about it for the last three, four weeks now. So uh, we shall see. Moving on though, out of the news. We're gonna get into this week's games. a uh, little breakdown of what happened over this last weekend, week zero. Like you said, it was a good week. It was it was a warm-up week, you know, what for people watching. Uh you know, the USC game, obviously not a lot of people could watch it because it's on the Pac-Twelve Network. Another reason why they were failing uh league you know how do you have the number 16 in the country uh that, you know playing on dang network that nobody else can watch a, a Heisman winning co- quarterback nobody's gonna watch it uh uh you know sidebar I, I digress but still it, it's just one of those things like come on uh but first we're gonna start off with the three games we picked uh, Vandy in Hawaii what a game I uh, caught it at the end that uh, you know <laughs> Vanderbilt does. Those guys, they're they're supposed to win. I think the spread was like seventeen points, twenty points, somewhere in there. Hawaii, they had a good they had a good lead, but Hawaii, they came in, they were ready, they were gunning it, and uh, their quarterback threw three hundred fifty one yards. They had three touchdowns, but he had two interceptions, and that that's the tail of the game right there. Uh, they had forty yards rushing as a team, so not good. They could not move the ball. Understandable. It's an SEC defense, even though it is Vandy. You know, they could not run it. Uh. The receiver, Ashline, he had 127 yards receiving. Uh, so, not a bad day. That's a pretty good day out there. Uh, again, that is it's that pick, man, though. It's the pick towards the end, the end of the game. Uh, Vanderbilt, they came out there through 258 yards. Uh, quarterback Swan, he had three touchdowns. So, that was a good, not a bad day for him. But, man, I thought that they were going to be able to run it more. But they only had 39 team rushing yards. I mean, that's embarrassing. and You know, that... Like I said, it's Hawaii, man. It, they, they just re-uploaded their entire roster. They brought in all these transfers trying to get some continuity, something going on. 39 team rushing yards. No bueno. Uh, but their two receiver receivers, uh, Shepard and McCrown McGowan. Uh, they led with two touchdowns. They had a good day. Um, you yeah, know, they...
1: yeah, I, I think, uh, The, the, like you said, the tail, tail of the whole game for this game was that the Vandy somehow managed, even with the lack of production in most, most of this, for most of this game, in my opinion, they managed to not turn the ball over, which is, I think, look, I'm not trying to throw shade at Vanderbilt, but Vandy playing mistake free football is a great starting point for them. In my personal opinion, like I know that Vandy's kind of been the running joke of the SEC for a minute, but them having a game like they had, winning against a Hawaii team that's notoriously good at throwing the ball, mm-hmm. and they 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 weren't going to go go without a fight, and they certainly proved that that they were ready to sling the sling the rock all over the field, and they had what two two receive the two receivers both had seven receptions, one had one twenty seven, like you mentioned. But the one receiver down there was two yards away from having a hundred yard game and he had two touchdowns. So I'm just like they were they were coming for him. And yeah. McGowan on Vandy's side, he changed the game with that kickoff return, that ninety eight yard kickoff return. And that was the whole I in my opinion, that was the whole momentum shift. When when Hawaii went down and scored on them, and then right after that, he came back and right back down the field for ninety eight
0: yards. That just changed the whole field of the game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was an absolute game changer, and uh, I feel like you take take the life out of a team when that happens. You know, uh, Hawaii they they battled back. It was all the way to the end, but again, another pick, two picks on the day uh, killed it for Van, for uh, Hawaii's chances. Even though they they threw it all over uh, Vanderbilt. Moving on, Notre Dame Navy. That was the first game everybody got to watch. You know, kicking off in Dublin. Uh, it was a later game. They wanted to get all the people, you know, out of the pubs, which is hard to do. I understand that. Uh, you know, there are people are crawling to the stadium. Apparently, uh, <laughs> but Notre Dame, you know, we all came in. We it was a good spread, but we we thought that it was going to be a little bit closer, just like how last year was. But man, Notre Dame, they they throttled them the whole way. They Notre, <laughs> Navy had no chance, and it was a battle up front, which Notre Dame needs to be like that. To win games, they they need that identity because that's who they've always been. It's good to be able to throw the ball, and you need to you need to have a good quarterback, which they do now. But controlling the line of scrimmage is what they did in this game. uh Sam Hartman came out; he you know, nineteen of twenty three, two hundred fifty one passing yards, four touchdowns. It's a great day. Obviously, it's Navy defensive backs. I watching the game, I, I thought some of the balls could have been placed better. Uh, the Navy cornerbacks, they didn't turn around, you know, when they needed to, that if it was a more talented team, I think they could have made some plays, but we know, we know Sam Hartman. We know he's talented. We've seen him at Wake Forest. He's going to keep doing it. Uh, But it's, it was Navy's ability to, you know, 16 carries for 95 yards from uh, Audrey. He had uh, one touchdown. The team had 191 yards rushing total. So that's not bad. Not a bad day. uh, Especially when you're, you know, passing well uh their court, their wide receiver uh great house he had three receptions for 68 yards and two touchdowns so that was a good day for him navy though man they i, I was expecting maybe some more passing uh I, we obviously know they're still a triple option team they're gonna run it but i was expecting more wrinkles in the pass game and if we're only three for six passing uh this is not gonna do it 43 yards okay got it you know again it's navy what do you expect but you're also only running for 2.6 yards per carry as Navy off of 48 rushes. I mean, that's horrible. 126 rushing yards on 48 carries. That, that's not going to do it. They weren't converting third downs. They weren't making their passes when they did it. They just, they could not do it, anything against the front of Navy, or of Notre Dame, excuse me. And that that was the tail of the game. They had no chance from the start. I, I really thought it was going to be a little closer, but Notre Dame did. They took care of business, man.
2: Yeah, I think uh getting Sam Hartman up in uh Notre Dame is gonna make a better season for them. I'm I'm not ready to say, like I've seen on Twitter and across other social media platforms, that they're gonna destroy Ohio State in four weeks and they're going to the playoffs this year now, and Sam Hartman for Heisman. You know, it's it's navy at the end of the day. Like you said, they, they, they completed three passes. They rushed for two and a half yards of carry. I don't know what more people was expecting to happen. And like you said, he he is a great quarterback coming from Wake Forest. He's obviously going to have a lot better athletes to work with at Notre Dame. There's going to be better offensive production out of him just based on that alone. But at the end of the day, there was a lot of passes. I agree with you about that could have been a lot better placed and some of the reads he made, there there was some mistakes made in the game on his end. It just didn't show because the team they were playing against. So I know Notre Dame fans are happy that they think they're about to go, you know, 11 and one into the playoffs. They're going to knock off all these teams. And I just I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I still think they're I do think they're you know a solid team, eight wins, seven wins, but they're not going to the playoffs because they got Sam Hartman and they throttled Navy. Yeah.
1: Look, first of all, congratulations, Sam Hartman. You beat the crap out of Navy. I appreciate you beating the squids as in a former army guy. I applaud you. However, <laughs> however, uh, I will say that I was not impressed. With, uh, I was not impressed with Notre Dame at all. However, I was very much disappointed in the play calling that Navy did yeah. because that first drive showed exactly where the soft spot in the Notre Dame defense was, and they went away from it. And for whatever ungodly reason the Navy coach thought that he could somehow get his running backs on the outside and break something and compete against the speed of hmm. Notre Dame is just – makes no sense like that does not make any sense that i know it's like he didn't even know who his team was Mm -hmm. which is interesting that he thinks that he had enough speed to get to break go around the edge and then outrun some of these dns that are probably faster than his running backs i just i just didn't understand the whole play calling scheme that navy did but props to Notre Dame for taking care of business and doing what they were expected to do.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, attacking the edge, you know, I, obviously triple option. You got to You got to throw some out there, but yeah, they were, they were gutting them out the middle uh, early on and they, they had some really good runs. Uh, even the pass play, they, it was, a, it was a good pass, but two of the receivers end up in the same exact spot, knocked the ball out. That, that would have been a first down. Uh it's just one of those things. New coach for Navy got it. Let get some get some legs under him. But still, if you're eating up the middle, man, keep keep killing it. You know that's that's what you got to do. If you're a running team and, and you got that middle, shortest uh, distance between two points is a straight line, right? Take that thing right up the gut and and, and gash them. Uh, next up, though, really good game. Disappointing for the, the starting quarterback Rourke. Uh, he was he was lighting up to start. I mean, he was he was shredding, you know, eight of ten, seventy five yards first quarter. I mean, that that's great. And then all of a sudden, went down late. He had he had a leg injury. He's coming off a torn ACL, so the coaches wanted to make sure he was good. Uh, they don't want to you know injure him further for the season. That, the the word is that he still could have gone back in probably, but they want to get an X an X ray or an MRI, and you know use precautions. And it makes sense. The next guy coming in uh CJ Harris. He didn't have a great night. He still had 200 yards, but those three picks, man, absolutely killed the game. Killed my pick. That's why I'm that's why I'm salty. I'm angry. I'm I'm fewing. No, I'm I mean, okay, yes, I am angry. I'm mean, come on, dude, three frigging picks. Come on. But no, they had uh they had 100 rushing yards. So not a bad day on the ground. Uh, 10, re- 10 receptions for 103 yards from, uh, Wiglas. <laughs> I reckon that's how you pronounce it. Uh, 10 yards of care, uh, catch, you know, so good, good for him. He, he's consistent. Uh, I mean, 10, 10, catches in a game. That's, that's real good. That means you're reliable. Uh, but yeah, man, that's, that's the story of the game for Ohio. Uh, is the quarterback going out, uh, San Diego state still, they, they're the ones that got the three picks. So they were obviously doing something right. Maiden came in, he had uh, 17 of 27, to, excuse me, 17 of 27 for 164 yards, two touchdowns, so not a bad day for uh, for San Diego's quarterback. Armstead uh, was the lead running back, he had 78 yards on eight carries, so that's a pretty good yard uh, per carry average, and then, uh, but Keenan Christian and then Maiden, they both were the, the split carries, both had 11 and 10 respectively for 69 yards and had 145 team rushing yards. So that's, that's a pretty good day on the ground. Something to expect from a a Brady Hoke, you know, offense, you're going to run it. Um, But yeah, that again, the the main point of this game is the quarterback going out defense held strong for San Diego state and a new quarterback came in I, you know, obviously game got to him through three, three picks. I mean that you're never going to win a game doing that Uh, sad, but, Hopefully O'Rourke's, or excuse me, Rourke's good. And uh, I'm thinking about old Beto, I guess. But I don't know why. I don't know why. But either way, uh, (laughs) San Diego State did what they needed to do. They they won. The spread was in their favor. So uh, they did what they needed to.
1: Yeah, so he needed to stay healthy. He needed to stay healthy for me to even have a chance. Ohio sniff at a chance to beat San Diego state. I think they did a pretty good job of uh, adjusting fire when he did go out. And it didn't seem like they didn't seem to lose too much momentum. It's just those turnovers, like you said, the turnovers destroyed any chance that they had. And I think a 20 to 13 loss is actually pretty respectable. All things considered, you had three interceptions Uh, it just tells me that their defense defense kind of stood on their head for a little bit there. Um, And from what I watched and what I saw, the defense did very well for Ohio. They should be, they should take away from this game that they played pretty darn good. All things considered Uh, short fields and whatnot. Yeah, that's all I really got on that game. I thought it was a fun game to watch. I watched it for a little bit. I was flipping back back and forth between this one and Hawaii. And it was, they were both fun games to watch.
0: Yeah. I'm a good game. And yeah. What can you do when you're, when you're getting those picks and it, you know, it's hard, it's hard to, hard to come back from, uh, San Diego state, uh, you know, props to them, props to them. All right. So we got other scores to, to touch on. We've touched on our three picks, uh, First one I am going to go with is Jacksonville State and UTEP. Uh, what a game! I, I thought it was a re- really good one. UTEP they came out; they were expected to win. Uh, Jacksonville State's first year a- in the Conference USA, and uh, it was a late game, fourth quarter. Short passes from UTEP ended the game for them. They uh, they didn't; it didn't make any sense. Uh, especially they had ten to seven at halftime. Jacksonville State they ended up going up seventeen to seven. And I was like, man, this this game might be over. Jacksonville State's doing it. UTEP couldn't; they couldn't move the ball. And then mid third quarter, UTEP came in, had that comeback, comeback bid started up in the fourth. Uh, you know, they were moving the ball. They were finally getting some points. They they you know they scored. But that fourth quarter, they they had a drive all the way down to the twenty five yard line, fourth in a third in a yard, fourth in a yard, both pass plays. It felt like watching the the Seahawks try to play the dang uh, the Patriots, you know, and throwing that pass on uh, on the goal line and Patriots end up win the Super Bowl, right? UTEP should have just kept trying to run that ball a yard, and you you got two plays to do it, but nope, they passed it, and sure enough, that last pass throw pick sealed the game. Uh, but it was a good one to watch. I'm, I'm sure a couple of you did. Next one up, uh, UMass and New Mexico State. That was another good one. Uh, UMass has been dreadful, just absolutely dreadful. But they got old uh, Don Brown at, at head coach. You know, former Michigan defensive coordinator, former Boston College defensive coordinator. He can run a good defense, except against Ohio State. Uh, so he, he should do fine at UMass, uh, and he got his first win. You know, it uh, with with UMass this year. Uh, they. They started off with a good pulse. Uh, they were make they're having some good balance of runs, passes. Their their wide receivers were playing well. Uh, defensive fight, though, they it was a struggle. Ten to ten at half. Uh, UMass, though, they came in with a third quarter lead, and that you know mid third quarter they scored and they never gave it back. They you, New um, Mexico State fought hard. They they tried to get back into it. They they were trying to do anything they could with their passing attack. And they had they had one going. They they had some receivers doing wonderful plays. They're making catches left and right. Quarterback was slinging it, but it was just too it was too little, too late. A late pick ended the game. Uh, another story of picks, turnovers. Right, that that'll end a game fast. And uh, UMass uh, UMass picked one off right at the end of the fourth, killed a comeback hope, and UMass sealed their first victory of the year. Next up, Florida International and Louisiana Tech. Another another one that was 17 points early in the first half for FIU, and they seemed to really be running away with it. Uh, but Louisiana Tech came in and, and they started getting uh, you know putting their feet back and, and holding ground, and started to fight back and claw back. Right at the end of the half, they got within four points, and you know by the time really uh, third third quarter wasn't much. It was just a lot of back and forth, you know battles. Fourth quarter, though, Louisiana Tech had a chance to go up with uh, three minutes left, but they shanked the dang field goal, man. They shanked it, and, you know, right there, you're, you're immediately like, oh, that's it. How, how are they going to get it? They had all their timeouts, but, again, it's three minutes left. That's tough. You know, one one first down, you're really done. But They held on D, man. They, they fought hard. They held their defense, and they got the ball back with two minutes remaining, and they went down the field and scored with – one minute remaining, took the lead, and then the defense held and sealed the game with a pick. You know, I feel like there's a, a recurring theme here with these games. Just just great fights, man. I you know, all these are these are lower level games at, you know, lower conference level, but it's still D1 football. These guys are athletes. Some of these guys are gonna make it in the league. And you're seeing each of these games ending with picks. They're defensive, you know, standing strong when they need to. It was, it was, fun, fun weekend to watch. And obviously the main one that people were excited about because Caleb Williams is in, you got USC versus San Jose state. Uh, that was one that people obviously expected to, to blow them out of the water, but boy, San Jose state, they hung around for a little bit, man. That first half was a little scary for, for you yeah, SC fans. Uh, Williams came out though. He had a great game, uh, Stats wise, 278 passing yards, four touchdowns. A little sloppy though, uh, to me. But 160 yards rushing as a team, so not horrible. I think the real shining star, uh, star of the the game though was uh, Zachariah Branch. Uh, he had a kick return, he had a receiving touchdown. Freshman, he was a top wide receiver in the in the class last year. Uh, I, I think that kid could have a very special career, especially if his first game's uh, indicative of it. Uh, it's never easy to get kick return. Doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, and then he had the speed and made the cuts uh, when he catched the ball. Uh, San Jose State, though they 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 stayed in it. They fought the whole game. The first half they were on, they were down uh, by a touchdown at halftime. Uh, Cordero, he threw 198 yards and three touchdowns. I mean that's what that's a vaunted uh, you know USC defense right. They're supposed to fix up and. You got, we, we know San Jose State's good at, at throwing the ball. They know we can do these things, but still three touchdowns, 200 yards. They had 108 yards on the ground uh, from just Conley, 198 team rushing yards. You go up against a, you know, big 10 team or you know even SEC team in the playoffs or something. And you're giving up 200 yards on the ground to San Jose State. That's a problem. And we, again, they, they were supposed to shore that up over the, the off season. Uh Nick Marsh, uh Nash, excuse me, for San Jose State. He had 89 yards and three touchdowns. Uh so overall that was a good game. Again, not a lot of people got to watch it because it was on the Dane <laughs> Pac-12 network. But uh the highlights look great. Uh again, that that kick return was electric. Williams made some good plays, but he still, I don't know, some of the placement didn't seem right. Uh kind of like same with same with uh Sam Hartman, like we said earlier. So yeah, that, that's your quick hitters on, on the rest of the games this weekend. Uh gentlemen, you, you got anything else to, to say about this
2: week's games? And uh, you know, just last thoughts. What what you got? Just uh going back to USC, I'm not sold on them, and which I wasn't sold on them last year either. This year in particular, I'm I'm not sold on them after seeing Caleb Williams. I know he won the Heisman and he is a good quarterback. I just still view him as an elite quarterback. I think there's a lot more talented ones in the league, and I just – I'm not sold on him as the best quarterback in the nation, nor am I sold on USC. I think they're a good team. They are definitely going to compete in the Pac-12, but I still just see them as the second or third even best offense in the Pac-12. I still think Washington's got more firepower. I think Utah is probably a better team than USC. So it's kind of similar to like you, you alluded to with Notre Dame and Sam Hartman. I just think it was the the level of competition that he played against kind of made him look good on paper. But I still just don't think he is a like an elite top-tier quarterback. And if USC is going to make a run at the playoffs, I know I've already said that this year, it's got to be this season because once this season's over and they step up into a big boy league, it's not going to be, you know, 290 yards passing, four touchdowns week in and week out. And like you said, Brendan, if they're giving up 200 to San Jose State, When they get to these teams, Michigans and Penn States of the world, it's going to be a rough conference play for them. So they need to get it figured out quick.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is really nothing. Look, the score is what it is. The score line is what it was. His stat line was fine. But I I know I alluded this earlier before we started this podcast to Brennan and Blake, but... The very first touchdown that Caleb Williams threw, I swear on everything holy, the entire social media world was throwing celebration confetti that he threw a touchdown pass. I'm like, that was the most underwhelming crossing route I've ever watched in my life because he didn't even have a good timing route. That receiver was the one that made that pass happen because that receiver had to catch it behind him to even have that touchdown happen. He's I didn't feel he was in very good rhythm. He got sacked, he took too long in the pocket at times. I just don't feel that he has the pulse of the or the the pace of play that's going on right now, and that was only against San Jose State, folks. So, here's my thing is that while I do think Stanford's not what they used to be, and I do think Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona are all going to probably be improved. They still are probably going to be slightly better than San Jose State, but not much better, in my opinion. So what we're really looking at is uh, mid-October, the Notre Dame game will tell us a lot about what this USC team is. Because if they can't handle Notre Dame, who I think is overrated, I think that they have a very big problem getting through Utah, Washington, Oregon, going through the rest of the the tougher tiers tough on the back end of their schedule. So all things considered, I am starting to second guess my pick that Caleb's going to repeat because he did not look clean. That was not a clean game by him at all, even though his stat line is nice.
0: Yeah. And that, and you know, it remains to be seen. Obviously it's week one, week zero, as they call it, uh, teams are still gelling a lot of, especially with this new transfer portal. USC has got a lot of new transfer receivers in, you know, from Arizona, like best receivers that they they picked up from other teams should be gel already. You'd feel like from, you know, from spring camp, from, you know, summer ball, or even just throwing, you know, if you're a, you're a quarterback like table Williams, you should be getting your guys out on, you know, after class and freaking throwing with them, you know, outside of practice. Um, but again, game speed's totally different, so we'll see. Uh, same thing with Sam Hartman. Like we said, good performances, stat lines, great. You know, people are going to be excited about that, and their fans should be. I, you know, it's week zero. Well, let's cool the Jets a little bit, and see what happens as we move forward. So we're excited for for week one to get here. We're going to cover this, guys, on uh, Wednesday. We're gonna we're gonna film a show and uh, get it recorded and we're going to pump that out to you guys probably Thursday maybe maybe uh Thursday night right before the game we'll see we'll see uh but we did our picks guys Blake's Blake's perfect you know he he always is he's Mr. Perfect he was 3 and 0 on the week uh Trevor and I both came in at 2 and 1 that freaking Ohio pick man should have had it but you know quarterback change and Trevor with the ballsiest pick he picked old uh, Hawaii to win And they about had it, man. They about had it. I, I was, I was like, okay, dude. All right, Trevor might be on something, you know. This year, we'll, we'll see. Uh, We're gonna move to probably about five picks a game uh, a week moving forward, uh, especially with the a lot more marquee matchups coming up. And I said we'll, we'll cover all that on Wednesday. And uh, guys, anything else? I'm good.
1: No, I think that that covers it for me, man. Uh, I just really appreciate everybody listening and.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you guys next, uh, next show. And, you know, again, hit us up kicking at the grid, uh, Twitter main, main spot, Instagram, uh, Facebook page. Uh, yeah, we just look forward to you guys, you know, listening and, and, uh, if you got anything, holler at us. All right. We appreciate you have a good one.